everyone. Thank you for listening to Pierre Pressure Podcast. I am Pierre de Gaillard. This is a podcast. I think they're called podcasts because people used to listen to things on their iPods. Now you're listening to it on your iPad, iPhone, headphones, computer, uh, microchip implanted directly into your cerebral cortex through your nose hole. Well, however you're listening to it, enjoy. Welcome. Thank you for listening. I'm psyched. Uh, I just started this. And why am I doing this? I'm a musician. I've made lots of friends and acquaintances over the years who are interesting musicians. I thought it would be fun to get musicians to play a song that has some political meaning to them and try to peer pressure them into talking about politics. Every musician I talk to says, I'm not an expert. Why would you want to talk to me? I know you're not an expert. Most of us are not experts, but we're all feeling some very intense pressure right now because of our political situation. Whatever your opinions might be, and every single person has different opinions and leanings and solutions and ideas about politics, but I think we're in a really specifically stressful, bizarre time in American politics. I'm rooting for us to get out of it and make it better and fix it. It needs to change. And one thing I like to do is just talk to people, all different kinds of people. So this is a way to talk to musicians, maybe see where they are as far as their political thoughts, but also just talk about music, musical process, artistic process. So that's the concept behind this series. My first guest on the podcast is Michael Andrews. I got to sit with him in his studio in Glendale, California. We had a really good discussion. He is a super talented composer, singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, producer. He started off with a band in the 90s called The Origin. He then joined a band called The Grey Boy All-Stars, which continues to perform to this day. He's a guitar player in that band. He went on to do the music for the TV show Freaks and Geeks, which a lot of people know and love. From there, he did the soundtrack for a seminal, also beloved film called Donnie Darko. And in that soundtrack, he did a really gorgeous cover of the song Mad World by Tears for Fears. Since then, he has gone on to have a super successful career as a film composer. He's done tons and tons of soundtracks. You'll see his name in credits on all kinds of films, including tons of Judd Apatow films. And he just continues to do really great work. I had a really good time sitting and talking to him. He's a really funny, interesting, smart guy. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Mike Andrews and keep listening for more interviews with lots of other really interesting people. Thank you, and I hope this relieves the pressure. Do you remember the first song you ever wrote? Um, no. <laughs> no, I don't. But I, but I think there was, there was a couple, there was a couple um, songs that I wrote that like I finished. I think I remember the first one that I finished, which was like uh, with the origin, which was oh, uh, which was like uh, 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 it was a '78, and we did um, we did that we did uh, down in San Diego with my tree. It was a trio at that time, and it was like in 1984, maybe '84. I didn't realize that that band started so early. Yeah. Oh, that wow. band was together like. Five six years before we got we made like our record deal, but it wasn't like we were like a closet band. We play like only in La Jolla. 
Wow. <laughs> no, not necessarily, but we played. We didn't like we weren't like, playing the class, but we were too young to play there, and and we weren't really linked in with the with the you know the hipster San Diego's San Diego people. So whatever. Were you the principal songwriter for that band? Mostly, yeah. yeah. It was sort of you know there was collaboration, but it was most. I was like the oldest guy in the band. I was kind of like the whatever singer or songwriter, whatever dude. Yeah, I have to lift this mic. We got yeah, I'm suffering from the mic as well. All right, here we go. Okay, there we go. All right. Good. Um, okay, so the origin happened. Yep. And um, after that, um, yeah. you went into Grey Boy All Star. Yeah. Well, we we, we were we were living up that as that band was li- living in San Francisco after we made our second record, and it was just I was kind of like, oh my god, that was sort of a my world kind of blew up, and when we got dropped. Um, and uh, so I was like, yeah, I just, I just need to make a change. I wasn't really feeling like musically too excited about that band at that point. And, you know, what seemed like a short run was actually a really long run. It ended up being like, you know, eight years or something. When you're 21 years old, that's a long time, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so it came down and I, I happened to meet a guy that I knew at the beach uh, growing up. And he's like, hey, you should check out my friend Grayboy, DJ Grayboy. He's got, you know, uh, he's got a record that he's making and he's just a cool guy. Go over there and check out what he's doing, you know. And then and then that sort of led to Grayboy All-Stars. He put that band together and I kind of joined that band as just a guitar player, which was sort of like a great sort of refuge for me coming out of the music business. I was like, yeah, instrumental band. Just play guitar, chill. I know. remember those amazing yeah. like nights at the Green Circle. Yeah, it was so a fun. Good time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it it was like exactly what I needed from like, you know, aspirations of MTV and nonsense like that to like a small pack club, sweaty with like playing funk music. It was like perfect. So good. Yeah, it was really great. Really good. And then was that overlapping with when you got into um, the soundtrack? Situation. Yeah, because Grey Boy All Stars, we did our. That's how we got. It. I got into it because Grey Boy All Stars got asked to do that Zero Effect, this movie Zero Effect with Jake Kazan as a director, and so we did that together. And I had a really great time doing that. I was like, wow, this is cool because kind of my favorite thing to do was to write and record. And and after a long stint of touring with Grey Boy All Stars, I was like, this is just what I need now. So I kind of reached out to the music supervisors that Manish and Tom, and I was like, you know, if you. I'd be open to doing this more if you guys were open to hiring me in different projects. And then they ended up uh, hiring me for a really small movie that actually I don't ever think even came out called Book of Adam. Um, oh, yeah? Is and, that, um, can people see that? I don't know if they can. I have huh. never looked for it. But but I did that all, and then I did that all by myself. <clears throat> and then that ended up getting put in the temp of Freaks and Geeks. And then Jake asked me, and then Jake's next project after Zero Effect was Freaks and Geeks. And then that's, he and Judd asked me to do that. And so that was my first kind of gig as a solo kind of score, score composer or whatever. Wow. Did you enjoy the Freaks and Geeks experience? Yeah, it was cool. It was fun. It was fun. Just kind of like, my first real experience with recording, you know, and playing everything myself. So it was really kind of, uh, that was like the beginning of the sort of, I don't know, just buzzing around on instruments, trying to like get something made, you know, that was exciting. So that was, and then I, that's kind of my, that's what I kind of carried through even now, you know, a lot of stuff ends up just being that. Do you think that influenced like your, or, or set the stage for your, kind of work pace or like kind of process yeah i mean it was i mean i always kind of i i had never really 
I hadn't spent that much time in the recording studio, so I would always write on the spot with a band, you know. But but um, but once I got a recording studio going, I could just do the same thing, but I didn't have to tell anybody what to play. I just go and play it, you know. So that was a cool thing to to do. And yeah, and then I could, my pace got really quick, and then I just kind of it was like you know brainstorm for twenty years. It's <laughs> great. Yeah, it's fun. Being being all the all the members of the band. Yeah, I mean it's great to have great players. I mean I'm not like I'm not like an incredible musician in every on every instrument, but I, I it's good to just kind of like struggle and try to try to get something cool made and something that I like. It's really. How do you know when um, an instrument that you laid down isn't good enough and you got to get somebody else to play it? Uh, it's just when it doesn't feel like it's natural or authentic, you know, or or it's just it doesn't feel like organic to the thing, you know, like if it's too simple, it feels like it wants to open up and I can't, I mean, I can play piano, but I can't really like open up on piano. So it's like, it keeps things really simple, which actually is good for film because any sort of like soloistic stuff usually gets shot down. Yeah. I mean, or if I'm doing something like, like, you know, like there's like an orchestral instrument, like I don't play violin or bassoon or clarinet or whatever, saxophone. I wish I played those I wish I would have gotten into those instruments early on I might have been able to fake those too Free at last, they took your life. 
So let's let's talk about the song you just played. Okay. Well, I got your email and you asked me to do this. Yeah. And I thought, uh, well, yeah, I'm not normally like really a I'm I'm not like an outright political person, you know. Um, but I feel like there's really like right now people don't really know how to be political in a way that has any sort of grace to it. So it's so I'm thinking like, oh, well, what? How do you, how can you be political now without like hating someone? You know what right. I mean? So the thing that I thought was cool about my childhood, even though some crazy stuff was going on and Reagan was doing crazy things and whatever, I, I, I'm trying to place this song, but my emotional memory of it, which is pride in the name of love, was like, you know, I think about it in terms of like musically, like you two, it sort of like blossomed into this band from like this sort of rough band with kind of like, not entirely political roots, more like punky roots right. to like this band that was like taking on the world. And Bono was like becoming this, you know, leader, you know, and he was taking it on with so much enthusiasm and authenticity, you know. And and I don't think we don't really have someone like that now, you know. And and it's a and, good and, and, point. and you know, and and so this is a cool thing. And he's talking about like an American, you know, he's talking about Martin Luther King and we're sort of in this moment, this pretty like racial moment. And just, it just felt like, Oh, interesting. And it's saying something positive in the chorus, which doesn't really even seem political in any way. It's just, uh, it's just sort of puts out that, puts out that feeling of like, just, try to put love out in the world instead of something disgusting and toxic, which seems to be mostly what's going on. And it, it yeah. struck me when I, when you were playing it, I was just really struck by this kind of repetitive, um, there's like kind of a list of bad things happening to a bunch yeah. of people, yeah. which is kind of what's happening now to a lot yeah. of people, yeah. African-American people, whatever. Yeah. So I was like, it just kind of gives me chills when like, it's a bummer because stuff is still happening, but also yeah. when people can say it so well like this and yeah, it's resonant and it's positive. So. And I think, you know, it, I mean, at any point there's always, <clears throat> it just seems like humans continue to do this. They're always finding ways to hate each other. So it's like, uh, you know, just try to make it through the cycle. You know, right now it feels like when Obama was president, it felt like there was this overwhelming, at least in my circles, there was like a overwhelming sense of like euphoria, like, wow, we did this. Like people are actually in this sort of post like racist world. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, we're not. They're like a backlash. And, and, and like all the sort of fear that I think everyone is feeling all like liberal minded or not necessarily people that are entirely in love with Trump or feeling this fear, you know, I think there was probably a lot of people on the other side that were feeling that way when Obama, when their life was threatened, like, oh, my way of life is threatened. Now, like, all these people are going to be, you know, are threatening who I am as a person, which is, seems ridiculous, um, but somehow, you know, they felt that way, and I don't know. It's it's really hard to make sense of it. It's so hard to make Just, sense of it all, yeah. and part of the reason why I'm um, I'm kind of asking people to engage in this impossible thing, which is musicians talking about politics is mm -hmm. just a, a lot. Most musicians I know, almost all of them shy away from politics if mm -hmm. they're trying to build an audience and try to, but I just want to know if you think that if there's ever been a time in your life where like a song made you 
gave you some, I don't know, enacted some kind of change or, or influenced you in some way? I mean, I think, I think honestly, I just think that like bands like, you know, like U2, and I wasn't really like a huge fan of theirs, but, and I've always been sort of like, like a, like I haven't really, I've sort of done my politics in, on, a, on a private level. Like I try to be open-minded with people regardless of their race or sexual orientation or their politics even. Like I have a lot of friends that are, not a lot of friends, but some family members that are incredibly conservative, and mm-hmm. I don't shoot them down. You know, I try to understand who they are. Um, but in terms of, oh, back to the question, like one political song, I mean, you know, Bob Dylan, I, I spent a lot of time with Bob Dylan in my headphones when I was going to Berkeley. So there's sort of like that a whole era of my life as well, where I was thrust from like, a, a, a you know, San Diego being very conservative and at 17 when I went to Berkeley it was like all the apartheid stuff was taking place and and I was you know had Joni Mitchell and and Bob Dylan in my headphones and you know and Tracy Chapman was coming out and it was like all this kind of moment which is kind of the same moment as this so it's Mm -hmm. felt like there's like this sort of we're back in this cycle it's okay to be political in your music and you're right like everybody nowadays so there's no one song I guess is the the answer the short answer and the long answer is like I think people are just really just trying to be popular now, which is weird. Like, there was no, there's nothing really, I mean, there's nothing really dangerous in the mainstream except for stuff that's like dangerous because it's like overtly sexual or overtly violent or overtly like sort of not really appealing to like our higher intellect or our higher senses. It's more like gut, like base, you know sexuality, whatever, you know, there's stuff going on like that, but I, I feel I like there's probably stuff, not in my world. I don't know. Right. I feel like there's probably stuff in like hip hop that's going on. That's yeah. really like digging deep, yeah. which is really cool. And I also yeah. feel like this is kind of random, but green day as big as they are. And as sure. Popular, yeah. Like they're, they yeah, they're going kinda, for it like, too. Yeah, they didn't, I just, they weren't uh, scared. Yeah. Like, it also has stuff. to appeal to me musically though, which right. is also that that's the thing, right. you know, like I'm not, I, I'm not, I mean, I'm oh, cool. I, I, I can support that. I'm super into it, but like, there's nothing that appeals to me musically and right and 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 politically but right. i'm yeah i mean anybody that's getting out there and trying Katie to like, Perry. yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's i mean it's it. i mean it's hard because it's like you're you're taking something that's like a pop art form and when you bring like heavier meaning into it it sort of feels like is it a money grab is it a i mean it's like everything is so overthought these days that it's hard to like see something as earnest you know hmm. what i mean like i don't know like it's a ploy like yeah like oh that's it. yeah now, oh now oh yeah because yeah i mean who knows it's like it's just it's like an advertisement or something hmm. yeah well uh the dixie chicks remember what happened with them when they the yeah. dixie chicks they what were happened? they they made some anti this is during bush oh right oh they right. were yeah, like yeah, completely yeah. like blacklisted yeah. and stuff for a while yeah well, and they just bounced back and said, this is what we're doing. I thought that was pretty cool. No, that's right. That's yeah. right. I do remember that. I yeah. do remember that. And then, you know, and then, yeah. And what else has been going on? Rolling Stones have asked Trump to stop using their music. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? I mean, there's a lot of, like, it's, yeah, that's happened a few times where, like, someone's theme song is, like, you know, co-opted and it's like the meanings turned upside down and like like Bruce Springsteen I think someone some other conservative person used like Bruce yeah. Springsteen born uh, in the USA McCain. it might have been McCain yeah. or something yeah, yeah. something and you know. uh, yeah yeah and but you know Bruce Springsteen's cool another people... guy who just like 
you know, rocks the political thing really well. With a nice balance of yeah. like not he's, being preachy and yeah. yeah. He's just long term. I think yeah. it's like that long term general concern. Jackson Brown is another guy who yeah. really just goes for it and, and he's incredible. Um, who else is like, you know, Father John Misty's is really? doing some political stuff. Yeah, but he, he sort really? of does it in a way that yeah, like his recent record is kind of is it's 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 more he like cultural it it's more like yeah. he's like cultural critique it, you know i saw his show and it was interesting it's but it's very it's uh like, it's, like, like, it's multi-layered it's very multi-layered you know like not just sonically I never but like, would have thought anyway. that he was going political but yeah that, but yeah you have to so, listen to the new yeah, record yeah. it's very okay it's all kind of about the media and we're right you know cycling the circling the drain kind of thing right so you know wake up or whatever that's you know Right, here's but, a here's a curveball. Do do you consider yourself patriotic? Um. Uh, define the term. <laughs> I guess patriotic is someone who's like, yeah, that's a that's a good counter question. What does yeah. that mean? It means so many different America things. Pro America or something. What does that mean? Pro America. Pro America. Yeah. I mean, I think American culture is is like added a lot to the world. I don't think it, it's, uh, I think it's valuable. Um, I think in its best moments, it's, it's, uh, it's the great place. And in its worst moments, it's as bad as anywhere else. And we're fortunate to not have any like, you know, revolt from our, our poor people in our country. And like, we're really lucky so far, I think. Right. To not have our lifetime, there hasn't been any like revolutionary situations going on that have actually like had an impact in on our on our on our lives specifically. You know, that's an interesting way to look at it. Okay. So, so in that way, I think we've sort of kept a cap on it in a way that makes me proud, but also makes me sort of like ashamed because it's like, why haven't we worked it out? But, but I don't know. I mean, I, I would, yeah, I would consider myself patriotic. I'm not like one of those guys. Like we, I just went to school yesterday with, with my kids and I ran into a woman and she was like, I hate it here. I, I, I hate it here. I don't like America. I don't like the way it makes me feel and, and this. And, and I was just like, wow. Okay. Maybe you should. What about all these people around you that are like, super sweet and like love your children and like are teaching your kids and whatever. I mean, I don't know. That's true. Where so, are you going to go? Where are you going to go in the world? I mean, you could hide somewhere, but it's not worth, I don't want to go somewhere and hide. I don't know that you have to hide. You could go to Sweden. <laughs> yeah. But well, I mean, how many people can go to Sweden though? That's you can go true. to Sweden if you're like white. Right. Right. Yeah. That's true. Um, I don't know. That's well, maybe I don't know much people. about that, but yeah, they let other people go there. But it's not like well, I, I like to surf, so I'm not going to Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You should stay here. The surf. Yeah. Is I like California. I think California is a great place to be right now because you know it's like we have people holding up. You know, you know, fighting back the 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 uh, you know the powers that are trying to take away some of our personal liberties. So. See, I can just hear from the way you you say that kind of stuff, how much you're holding back, not to like criticize it, but yeah. it's just like, this is the way some people, it's like, you're not taking... Well, if I would know, I, I, I'm holding back partially because I, would, I should be more informed. That's why I'm holding back. I mean, look, if, if I, I feel like, you know, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I grew up in San Diego, so we're from San Diego, right? So yeah. what's all the stuff that's going on at the border is going to directly affect my family. Everything. Every, I grew up in San Diego with, with Mexican people coming mm-hmm. into my home every day, mm-hmm. going to school with them, eating food that they helped grow, uh, eating, you know, they were a major part of our culture growing up. So I love Mexican people, right. and I love their culture. I love Mexico, and... Like, it sucks that we're going through this right now. They're mm-hmm. not, there's like, whatever. It's, what's the percentage of people that are criminals? Right. I mean, it's so stupid. Yeah. I mean, there's more, I don't, I don't know. I just, yeah. There's so many other bigger problems to f- fucking work out than, than Mexican people. Right. I, I don't, you know. Again, it's just about fear of changing someone, getting their life turned upside down. And it's like, who do we get? Who do we, who, you know, who, who can we blame? You know? I suspect that a lot of people who, like, are afraid of Mexican people or hate Mexican people haven't maybe ever met one. You know what I mean? I've never even actually hung out with a Mexican yeah. person or whatever. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I just went down to Mexico for my birthday in this little town, and there, and it was, like, super evolved. Like, they don't even have, like, infra- like, like you know, septic infrastructure or whatever. There's no, like, and everyone's, like, you know solar and finding ways to filter water and like recycling everything and it's all like they're way more evolved in terms of like just surviving in the world that's like you know changing so fast you know with the you know all the uh you know uh uh uh, environmental stuff that's going on i mean i feel like they're probably going to survive better than we are <laughs> you know what i mean that's a good point because they're adapting with like fewer resources yeah they're yeah. learning how to live yeah. in more like crazy circumstance right now where we're like oh turn the hot water up you know what i mean <laughs> and so we're like they're like meanwhile they're like you know on the roof with like a big trash can you know <laughs> right so we're we're they're closer we're screwed to the... i'm gonna be like where do i plug my guitar in and there's gonna be like no electricity you know they're closer I mean? to the mad max reality that we're gonna end up in uh, maybe <laughs> and they're gonna, i mean yeah. i don't know I mean, you know, or like, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, just drive under any underpass in L.A. and you can see like what's happening. The reality is gnarly. L.A. is a freaking intense right now. In what way? What do you mean? Homeless people. Oh, yeah. Income income disparity. I mean, it goes on. The list goes on. I mean, all the diversity in our country right. has been all the flavor. That That's what's cool right. about our country. If it was just a bunch of white people, it would be super boring. Right. You know? Yeah. Super, super lame. Yeah, I mean, living in New York for the past. <laughs> I don't know. Don't you agree? It's I the worst. Agree. It would be the worst. I'm just happy yeah. to be here for the ride, you know, yeah. and like check it out and like take it in and interpret what's happening around me and like whatever. I mean, it's like, I'm, you know, everything that's, that's exciting in music is, I mean, is, you know, whatever has an ethnicity to right. it. Yeah. You know? Do you think like um, being political, like if you were more overtly political or something, as a songwriter, would it have like hurt your career? You sort of touched on that, like where you think some people seem like they're doing it mm-hmm. as a ploy. Or like- yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Again, I, I would, I've just always, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I think it's time to be political right now. And if I was out there more as a songwriter, I would be probably more political. Mm-hmm. You know, I, my music would be more political. Mm-hmm. You know, but the, I mean, it's 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 like a conversation, though. It's like you can't walk up to someone and say like, you know, something bark something political at them. You right. kind of have to like 
find a connection and that's like through all the other songs you right. make you have love songs you have right. songs that are st- stories or just feelings or whatever and you and you sort of you know you you make a connection with someone and then you can have a conversation you know and then people are more open-minded and then so maybe yeah if i was more of like a popular songwriter and i had you know i think like john legend does that you know mm-hmm. he's he's like he's a great songwriter he makes these great records he reaches out he's touched people emotionally across the board all political in all political realms and then finally he's just like bam you know drop some political shit right. and which was awesome and i have a guy that's uh, uh my friend is in his band and and he's just like man that guy's just like such an upright citizen yeah. so rad yeah so yeah for someone like him it's it's uh, it's great for someone like me. I don't really. I mean, I could maybe. Yeah, I mean, if I could find some way to make an impact, I would be. I would be happy about yeah. that. Yeah. I think that's what's cool about music is it's like um, it's sneaky like that. Like someone's yeah. gonna dig your songs and this and that, and they they could be from anywhere with any political leanings, and they're like they just yeah. like this song, and then they're you're sneaking something in there that's maybe trying to open someone's eyes right or just just ask people to be compassionate i mean it just really comes down to that like just think about what you're saying when you say something about someone you know like that someone's i don't know it's it's so hard it goes back to just very basic very very root of just people getting along you know pierre pressure podcast is brought to you by guitar strings e and b Three out of six guitar strings are E and B. Change your strings, put on an E and a B. There are six strings on the guitar. E and B guitar strings. Do it. I imagine you've traveled a bit. Like, are there any other countries, this is sort of what we were talking about before, but maybe not that you would want to live in, but that you think have it figured out a little bit better politically? You know, I'm not that up on on the politics of other countries to know. I think, you know, I like it in Japan, but it's like a much less diverse country um so it's hard to compare um i I, i've traveled but when you're traveling as a musician you know it's like you're going someone picks you up and they take you to the best restaurant and then they (laughs) take you to the best shoe store and then they take you you know Mm -hmm. i mean there's some connection with people but uh i think roger waters would probably be the better person to ask okay i'll ask roger okay i'll ask him that question but i i don't know i i wouldn't i really i really love being in california i like everything about it i like my family i like being around people that i'm close to and developing those relationships i like the you know i i just think i think california is the spot that's what i'm into how often do you get out to surf um <laughs> uh, I um, I don't know, you know. I try to one, at least once or twice a month. But yeah, I mean, I, I people say like, oh, I want to go to. I'm out of here. I'm going to Berlin, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm gonna go live in Lisbon, or I'm going to go live um, in Sicily. Is, is there some new hipster spots? Like Sicily is a hipster spot. Is it? Oh Sicily? yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Uh, or go to you know Norway or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm really really fortunate too. My life is like, you know, I'm very fortunate. It's hard to like. I wouldn't say like, oh, this is for everyone because I mean, I've sort of like, you know, slid through the cracks and and like hit a vein. So I'm not I'm not going to say that everyone can have the life I have here. I'm very fortunate. 
What would be the best or the worst outcome for the situation we're in now in America? Because we are definitely in like a crazy no, Well, the worst situation. situation would be like, you know, the guy that, that leaked the information gets turned over to Bush and gets like prosecuted just for Bush. treason. I mean, for... Isn't uh, that funny? Oh, so I know. Yeah, Bush yeah. used to be no, the Bush, enemy. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so for Trump, you know, yeah, like it gets like, yeah, that guy gets like the guy leaker or whatever. gets like thrown in jail and then like, you know, the, the journalists are all shut down and, and uh, you know... I, you know, that would be the worst case scenario. Then, you know, there would be some uprising from the poor people after he pushed the limits too far of his racism. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then we'd be like in an all out, like, you know, machine guns on the streets or whatever. I don't think that's going to happen though. Best case scenario, more TV drama goes on for a couple more years and it's over and people are relieved. That's the best case scenario. Which is probably the real case scenario. Okay. Just like people that. trying to, you know, but that's no, that's no reason to just sit around and like wait two years and turn the TV off. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you have to remember that it's, yeah, we're in a situation where people need to like, there's absolutely no reason for people not to vote. That is just asinine. I, anybody who isn't voting is retarded and I don't, there's no excuse. That was going to be my question. So that makes there's me no assume excuse. that you do vote. Just, yeah, of yeah. course. People yeah. that don't vote are fucking idiots. Throwing away your power. Yeah, like, yeah. they're stupid. I, I, I have no sympathy for people that don't vote, and I, and I have no sympathy for people that are, like, just tuning out and, like, you know, whatever. That's yeah. stupid. They don't have children. Most right. of those people exactly. don't have children. That's, that's how I feel. I'm so, like, yeah. I don't have that luxury. Yeah, imagine their parents doing that or yeah. whatever. It's just, like, it's stupid. It's, like, it's lazy. I don't like lazy people. Right. You're just giving your power away and yeah. saying, I can't make a difference and you're being lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Get, yeah. Go give your, go take your vote, grab your pen and give it to an immigrant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Who really wants to be here, who wants to engage, exactly. you know, yeah. wants to like be part. Exactly. Um, so um, I just want to kind of end up by asking if you have anything else, if you have anything coming up that you want to talk about, like any uh, what you're working on next? Or? Um, in the next few months, I have um, uh, I have two movies coming out um, in the f in, over Thanksgiving. One is called Instant Family, which is a cool story about um, a guy and his wife who who adopt three children. Um, and it's a you know it's a pop pop movie by the guy who did Daddy's Home movies. Okay. Um, and I've worked with him. He's a really really great guy, and it. His movie really came from a, a personal place. He adopted three Hispanic children. Great. Um, and then, uh, and then I have another. My, my J Lo movie comes out that same time. So I have a J Lo. Movie. I have a J Lo movie coming out, and uh, and a Great Boy All Stars record. Cool. Um, and coming out soon, and you know, I'll probably be you know touring with that a little bit. That's kind of all I have going on, and then you know, uh, just more upcoming. Project when stuff. you do Grey Boy All Stars records, do you produce and pr play, or do you? Not really. I mean, okay. it, I, I'm sort of sometimes I'm like the default person, sort of production person, but I don't yeah. really try to be that way because okay. it never really works out in a way. Everyone just it, it's that move that band is like definitely it's better as like a of just chaos and then just sort of you know people scratching for the surface. You know, yeah, that makes it more that makes it more dynamic. So I try to not be taken take control of it. 
it's hard because I, I, you know, sometimes I feel like I know what it should be or whatever. Right. But I think that's the case in any band. You've been in mm-hmm. a band for so long. It's all. I think we all realize that the beauty in the band is the the, the collaboration and everybody sort of being able to expose who they are in the group. So, how does the um like the song choice happen for that band? Like, how does it? Is it? Mo- is it? It's original. It's covers. Well, some of it's original. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we did we yeah. did one Michael Jackson cover. We, you know, last uh, the last couple of years we've. We've you know learned a few records like we learned all Axis Bold as Love or we le- did a bunch of Michael Jackson stuff for when Michael ja- uh, for uh, uh, just for one of our New Orleans shows or whatever so we learned a bunch of stuff and so we when we get some gems out of those kinds of like little tributaries we go on mm-hmm. then sometimes we use those for a record so it's like that was one of the Michael Jackson tracks was like a big thing at our live show so we're like ah oh, let's record it but other re- the rest of it's written you know Robert writes all his stuff mostly before um i usually write on the spot as usual oh, and yeah. yeah um and then this like record in the studio like in the studio yeah or like someone will go get a you know coffee and i'll write a song and then they'll come back and i'll you know nice it's funk music they're not supposed to take too long it's like <laughs> songs like that aren't supposed to be like composed right they're like jams you yeah. know so and then we just kind of find the structure and everybody's great so it's just easy it's the easiest thing in the world really that band is just pure vacation that's great who's yeah. playing drums these days? aaron redfield okay yeah so he's been in it now he's the newbie he's been in it 10 years so oh wow cool. yeah so yeah but uh everybody's around everybody's still going Awesome. Cool. Thanks, Thanks for coming over. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. That's great. Pierre. Awesome. Keep up the good work. Well, all right. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Mike Andrews. Thank you for listening. You can go to pierredegaillon.com to find out more about the podcast and about my music. Check out episode two with guests Fred Cassidy and many more great guests coming up. Thank you very much and see you next time.